He, I mean, you couldn't hear me, could you? No. Oh, I was talking to you. I was having running a commentary with you, but that anyway. Uh, now I know why you weren't responding. You were you were muted. I was muted. Meta, M E T A. <laughs> what have you found there, Dave? Dabala. That's his name. Dabala. Man, I hit it so fast that the eyes water. Unidentified in my flying saucer. Everybody wanna shut up when I walk in. Talking about everything that I torture. Might shorten your life with a ballpoint pen. Got them dripping like Chinese torture. Bloop, bloop, bloop. In the middle of 0.10, come rain, come so hell of high water. Sniffling about your first world problems. Man, I give a fuck about the life that you lead. I'ma keep gutting these fish as people. You've got to see the music video with it. It's like a hey, lost who that? Tourist. What the hell is that? Who is this? Dirtiness. Dirtiness? Dirty lowdowns. That's what we got to call them now. Dirty lowdowns. <laughs> Have you got a 46? 46. Yes. But what have, have you got a 46? No, no, I'm asking you. I don't oh. know. <laughs> What's the easiest way to get in touch with nature? Did you... 46. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait to get touch it. I got Oh gosh. Who's this day? Bob Dylan in the first. Okay. It is, it is a bit like it, but you, you don't think it is. Oh my god! Oh, this is, I know who this is. Yeah. Don't buy it is. Don't buy it. Is it? Oh. Yeah, don't buy it, Dave. Is that right? No, Judy Collins. Judy Collins, that's right. Yeah. We're honored to have on our stage from the birds, Mr. Roger McGuinn. Find our Christmas version. You're 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 having fun, aren't you? Really? I've never listened to these versions. Have you? Oh, okay. Oh, oh that's Joan Baez. That sounds like Joan Judith Durham. Oh, from the secret, yes. A time to eat, a time to drink. David, I need your help with this particular decision. I, oh, I tell you what, I might. I love it. This is like a competition. You've got to guess this one. Oh, it is, isn't it? I don't know this one. Oh, God. Dolly Parton. Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. You can pick up that. Go Dolly, man. Nina do in the 60s, early 60s. I can't 
something new. Why did you tell me that? Now I'm going to have to click. <laughs> I just thought you had my heard it. There was the, oh, that's another bit. She, mind you, she never sang that song the same way twice. Oh, to everything. Oh, another version. There is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Go on, Nina. I'm impressed. Right, I've edited, <laughs> I've edited your clips. Okay. Right, you ready to go? I am indeed. Show 46, here we come. Welcome to this week's Des and Dave. In America this week, Trump called anyone who doesn't think there wasn't massive election fraud, stupid or corrupt. Reporter Scott Wong buries Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates with a simple question. Donald Trump throws gigantic temper tantrum on Fox News, and a monstrous tornado, tornado ripped through six states in the middle of the US, causing over 70 fatalities. And in other news this week, Boris Johnson continues to be hit by scandal. No, there wasn't a party, but if there was a party, all the rules were followed. But parties are against the rules. Exactly. That's why there was no party. Allegra Stratton, a Downing Street aide, has resigned after footage was released of her joking about a party. But why resign if there was no party? Prime Minister Johnson's problems are continuing to mount. He has been warned that almost 100 of his MPs will vote against the government's Plan B restriction measures for COVID, relying on Labour MPs to pass the bill. And finally, Boris has announced the Get Boosted Now campaign, with the Omicron variant bringing a possible tidal wave across the population. The campaign hopes to offer all UK adults a booster by the end of the year. All that and more from Des and Dave. Stick it up, mister!
Desmond. I heard 446. Actually, it's 5446. And I begged, borrowed, and stole 46. <laughs> Which is our 46th show, Dave. We are. It's, we've made it. We've made we've, it. We've really, that's quite an achievement. So I think that's, that's, that's brilliant. So, yes, it would take you, almost two days to listen to our work. <laughs> <laughs> it probably would. But today we, we begin with, oh, 4.46 was my, 5.4.46 was my number. Well, Trump's number is, is grammatically confusing. <laughs> <laughs> He inadvertently insulted those who believed his 2020 election fraud claims. He said this, anybody that doesn't think that there wasn't massive election fraud in the 2020 presidential election is either very stupid or very corrupt. And this is the most accurate thing Trump has said in his life. And we can play it now. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? So it might have taken far too many years, but Donald Trump has finally come out and admitted that he is very stupid and very corrupt. And best of all, he did it in writing. Yesterday, Donald Trump put out one of his press releases. Again, these are basically just tweets, but because he's banned from Twitter, he can't send them out. And he wrote something in such a stupid way that he unintentionally admitted that all of his claims about the last election are ridiculous and that it makes him a corrupt liar to believe in them. It says here, anybody that doesn't think there wasn't massive election fraud in the 2020 presidential election is either very stupid or very corrupt. And of course, what you do when you read that out and you untangle the Trump stupidity is that Trump is saying anyone that believes his big lie is either very stupid or very corrupt. <laughs> 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 oh, that's what you call a double negative, eh, Dave? It, uh, uh, anyway, like, they are coming for him. They are coming for him. But who are they? Who are they? This week in the Republican Party, wasn't some of our favourites up on stage, Des? Oh, Weren't yeah. the three of them? Wasn't, wasn't it Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosa, the lovely favourites, the non-loonies of the Republican Party? Well, we're going to come to them in a minute. Um, well, yes, you're quite right. And uh, reporter Scott Wong, you're absolutely right. What do we call her? The malevolent mistress, mistress of, malarkey? of malarkey? Yeah. Well, the reporter, Scott Wong, buried her this week. Um, and in the video clip, Marjorie Taylor Greene, defends the January 6th insurrectionist. Being held there without bail, many of these people have never been charged for a crime before. Some of them are veterans, and the treatment is unbelievable. They are told they have to denounce President Trump. They are told that their views are the views of cult members, even though these are men that every single night at 9 o'clock at night, they put their hand over their heart, and sing the national anthem voluntarily. Imagine a group of men being held in jail with no idea of when they're going to go to court, no ability to bail out, no ability to see their family, being mistreated and abused worse than we treat terrorists at Gitmo, yet they have their hand over their heart every night at 9 o'clock and sing the national anthem. They are ridiculed where they are mocked because of their political beliefs and because of January 6th and because of the color of their skin. So there is a two-tier justice system, and these are the things that need to end. I believe in criminal justice reform, but I believe it should be reform that's fair across, completely across political lines and skin color. And I can tell you what we saw in the D.C. jail 
none of that exists. When they're being force-fed gluten food and they have celiac disease, and so the food that they eat makes them sick every single day to the point where they will go without days, go days, I'm sorry, days without eating in order to just feel better because they they are not given better food. I think we can clearly see that there is serious abuse happening here and we can go beyond the silly dilly uh, political games. Treatment of the Capitol Police officers on that day. I mean, I was down here that day, not too far from here. We saw police officers who had been bear sprayed in their eyes and were blinded by mm -hmm. many of these January 6th defendants that you are now uh, drawing attention to. So I don't remember you holding a press conference about the treatment or the unusually cruel treatment of Capitol Police officers. Uh, you may not remember a particular press conference about police officers, but I have made many public statements and cried out against all violence against police officers for the BLM. Yes, for yes, for the police, specifically Capitol Police here. Congressman Gomert sponsored a bill that I co-sponsored along with him, wanting to give uh, you know medals of honor, wanted to award them for how they were treated during the January 6th riot, but also extend it to police officers all across the country. I'm not gonna separate them. I, I am very supportive of our, of our police and I have consistently denounced the violence here. So do not go down that route. That would be completely unwarranted. Utter rubbish. Oh my God. Well, it, it, Amnesty International need to install her as the new CEO. Like, you know, she's so concerned about, but they treat them worse than how they treat them in Gitmo, Guantanamo Bay. She said herself, Eva deranged, very clever. I don't know what is the game. Like, there's if these guys were brown and they did what they did at the Capitol, they'd be dead. Yeah. Not in a jail waiting for their trial. And then she dares to say about the medals. No, she voted against. She wouldn't give any one of them medals. And then she tried to twist it about give every police officer medal. Some of them people that was in the January 6th was policemen from across the United States. Isn't that more worrying, love? Oh, dear. Oh, What's interesting God. about what you've just said, Dave, is some of the Republicans, she claimed that she voted for the bill and presented the bill. Some of the Republicans who voted against, against the bill, and there were 21 of them, included Gomar, who she spoke about, Matt Gates, and of course, Paul Gosar, and none other than Marjorie Taylor Greene. And uh, one more, and, and our friend, Republican Lauren Boebert. Oh. She sent out she sent out a Christmas card this week of all her children holding assault rifles. Just oh I, I, these people I, have you not seen it? No, I haven't. No. Yeah, so this Lauren Boba has literally got her whole family around a Christmas a Christmas tree and all of them are holding guns. Like, I don't understand. And then her, her protest is, but they're their Christmas presents. Why are you giving kids Chris, early Christmas presents? They need to wait a respective three weeks still. Like, I just, <laughs> that's, I'm so glad I don't live in that country. Like, just, it is truly loony town. We haven't even mentioned the leader of the free world. By, he tried to have a conference on um, democracy, a two-day online conference. Did you catch much of it? Not, not at all. <laughs> no, we're all still intrigued by the stupid one. <laughs> There's something wrong with us as human beings. We've turned our political discourse into entertainment. <laughs> I wonder if the two of us are also guilty. <laughs> do they know what it means? Do they know what democracy means? The thing is, how do you discuss it without pointing out these people's stupidity? But maybe the I think the Democrats are playing it all wrong. Like even Matt Gates at that very same press conference that we just played Marjorie Taylor Greene from said this week, we are going to take power and we are going to do what we like. And it will be us that takes power. Like they are telling you. And your response is to burble around in circles. Like they've just had to make this special, oh God, America's credit card limit. 
the debt ceiling. I don't yeah. know, whatever is the limit, however many trillions. They have to vote, otherwise America goes default. And imagine that, because many current countries around the world use the dollar as the benchmark. So they have to vote to raise the credit card limit. But the Republicans wouldn't vote with them to do it. But what Mitch McConnell did was, uh, with some of his Republicans, allow the Democrats to pass a particular rule that would now allow the Democrats to vote on their side to raise the limit so that he can then turn around and say it was them that raised the limit. If you can make this uh, cut out, you know, way round rule, then use it for the damn voter suppression, man. Because otherwise, you guys ain't going to have a chance at power. They're already redrawing the maps in the strangest shapes possible to make sure that it's Republicans in every seat. And it's not like the of some of the Republicans that are the same ones. They already uh -huh. have announced that they are going. <laughs> is it not Adam Schiff? Oh, Adam, is it Scherzinger? Kerzinger. Yeah. There's the same Republican that talks yeah. the same stuff as Cheney. Ritzinger, I think. Ritzinger. Yeah. yeah. And um, Liz Cheney are the two um, Republicans that have participating in the January 6th committee. Are they the ones you refer to? Yeah, yeah. Dave, I don't really know where... Well, I don't know. I think that the January 6th committee has to continue with its work. I think it's the only way in which they can challenge the Republicans. I mean, and they, they are quite... They're, they're a disturbing group of uh, Republicans, and you just actually wonder what kind of destructions they're hurtling America towards. And because the appeals court heard, and of course, always there in the background is Donald Trump, the three-judge panel for the, dis, the, the district, um, um, the circuit court of appeals, unanim unanimously this week, had, um, rejected uh, Trump's lawyer's arguments that the former presidents could wield claims of executive privilege to prevent the current administration from sharing the documents with Congress. Now, the, the, the curious thing about the, the um, legislative system in America is that you've got the district courts, which is the, the basics, you know, the basic courts, I think they're almost like the magistrate court in Britain. Then you've got the um, circuit courts, which is the next stage up, I thought that's where they have to run around while they present their arguments. That's largely what they do. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, of course, the highest court in the land is the Supreme Court. Well, they, uh, the, the Trump's lawyer had taken their arguments to the district court. Their, their arguments were rejected by the, district, by the district court. They've now taken it to the circuit court. And... Um, the Circuit Court of Appeals unanimously rejected the, 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 the lawyer's argument, but what they said was of incredible substance. And some of the things they said was, on the record before us, he says, former President Trump has provided no basis for this court to override President Trump's President Biden's, rather, judgment. And the agreement and accommodations worked out between the political branches over these documents. This is what the judge, one of the three judges, Judge Patricia Miller, wrote in a 68-page opinion for the, for the panel. She said, both branches agree that there is a unique legislative need for these documents and that they are directly relevant to the committee inquiry into an attack on the legislative branch and its constitutional role in the peaceful transfer of power. And in the decision issued, the panel said that Trump's lawyer has failed to provide any substantive legal arguments that would outweigh Biden's waiver of executive privilege and the select committee's need for records in support of its investigation into the attack on the Capitol. And this is the bit that I particularly was drawn to. What these three judges said was Trump's offer offers only a grab bag of objections that simply asserts without elaboration his superior assessment 
of executive branch interest, insist that Congress and the committee have no legitimate legislative interest in an attack on the Capitol and impugns the motive of President Biden and says this falls far short of meeting his burden and makes it impossible for this court to find any likelihood of success. And what the decision of the, of the circuit uh, uh, court's judgment uh, recognized was that the select committee's right to request the documents and rule that if that it had sufficient reason to provide the White House reason to probe rather the White House over the events of January, January the 6th. And what it makes very clear is that there is nowhere for Trump to go with this decision. He now will be taking it to the Supreme Court, which was always his plan because he's packed the Supreme Court with his own people. And the hope is that they will reverse the decision. But two of the courts, both the district and the circuit uh, court have decided against Trump. It's going to make it very hard to, for the Sim Supreme Court to, um, to vote uh, in support of Trump's argument because both courts have said, there's nothing there. There's nothing there to, to, to argue about. The person who is, the person who, who has the authority to make executive decision is the president. And he is no longer president. So goodbye. <laughs> well, the thing is, we, uh, even though we've not had access to all the official files, we've had access to some. And still, it's a bit like in England where we keep start finding stuff out about the party. There are pissed off, you know, civil servants and career staffers in there that are just like, hey, email this to the Washington Post. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's already yes. out there. Yes. This is how we know about, you know, all sorts of things. And yeah, it's, thank God for that Mark Miley fellow. We forgot his name last week, but the general. Yes, like, we did. Know, yeah. He held all of that together what Michael Flynn was sending, what this one sent to that one. Nowadays, everything tracked and traced. It's not just your little pen on a paper. No, no, David. it's in triplicate. Do you remember there was always the stories that Trump would get upset and tear up yes. the official papers and that they'd have to sit and sticky tape them back together? Yes, yes. And and I, I really would love you to comment on this in, in just one moment. I just want to share this bit with you. It's, it's, this is the, the bit I find the most fascinating about Trump's response to the three district judges' um, decision. He maintains, Trump, that is, that it is his duty, his duty to defend the U.S. Constitution, his duty to defend the U.S. Constitution and the office of the presidency. And he will keep fighting for every American and every future administration. This is the kind of thing this is the kind of thing Trump is saying, but this is what I like. The panel of judges listened to all of this and said, um, okay, I'm gonna give you 14 days to ask the Supreme Court to review the decision before the archives could begin turning over, turning over the record. But the most loveliest, wonderful thing to end on with this particular issue for me is, this decision we made last week comes a day after the former White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, filed a civil lawsuit against the January 6th committee, arguing the subpoenas for his testimony and personal phone records are unlawful, unlawful citing Trump's claims of executive, executive privilege, which has already been debunked. Yes, but this is the same guy that then revealed Trump actually had COVID and then called his own book fake news when he got asked the question about it. Yeah. Oh, just, <laughs> and the thing is, he, he was giving information to the committee and all of a sudden he abruptly stopped. Well, one of the things that has been given to the committee is a 39-page PowerPoint presentation. Yeah on all the things you need to do. 
and they can tell you where this came from and who had it and everything else because they've got access to the metadata, all the little details attached to the files. So, you know, it's oh, going to be... Explain what the metadata is, Dave, please. Oh, it's, it's the, you know, it's all the little detail stuff that you never bother looking at. They're inside of the file. Like, okay, it was created yeah. by Desmond. It was edited by David. The cat then sat on it. The cat then deleted the word and put in there that the dog will be shot instead. Like, you know, it, it yeah, it's it's all the detail. Detailed files, Desmond, detailed yeah. files. So, so it's very clear who did what, when, why and how. And I think this is half the problem is it's so difficult when you're getting it drip by drip. You need to see that, you know, the chart on the wall with the string, you know, all the different pictures of the characters. This one did that. That one rang this one. And I think the committee missed a trick. They should have asked for some more information, specifically from the telephone companies. You know, how could the telephone companies have not given that information? Because who was ringing who? Mm. To whom do you wish to call? Remember, a lot of them had various conversations that day. But also one person that has uh, is about to give evidence um, is the vice president's chief of staff, uh, Mike Pence at the time. And uh, obviously, he was Mike Pence was the target of the chanting and the kill Mike Pence. They were referring to he. So um, his chief of staff is going to give evidence. But they're hoping to wrap this up by the spring now. So we'll have to see, because some of this stuff rumbling on, you might not get them in the witness chair, but it may not matter. There's, it may be irrelevant because mm -hmm. they've already got the picture. They've got it. It's a case of if they make their vote and refer it to Merrick Garland, whether he then chooses to prosecute. You know, and burbling in the background as well. You've got Trump this week, who's also been called to give a deposition in a um, personal lawsuit. Uh, sorry, civil suit by the a different bit of New York's uh, system. But if he end up giving that deposition under oath, the other criminal probe in New York this afternoon will be able to go for him because that information is then, you know, been sworn to be true. So, Trumpy Trump, you said that your thing was worth 5p. Okay. <laughs> we know that's a lie. Da, 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 da. So, all of these things literally were on the cliff edge. We are on the cliff edge. Just one this more little pigeon to land on the bonnet and over the car goes. This is an interesting point you just made here because Trump is. Um, there was a statement made by the chair of the January 6th committee, Bernie Thompson, I believe, and also the vice chair, Liz Cheney, the Republican, because, and they both said in the statement after the, 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 the district court's um, decision, and they said this, and it's really got on the Trump's, he's not happy with this. We applaud the court's decision ruling or rather we prod the court's decisive ruling, which respects the select committee's interest in obtaining White House records and the president's judgment, that's the ex-president judgment, or rather the president, current president's judgment, in allowing those records to be produced. Our work moves ahead swiftly, they added. We will get to the truth. This is angered Trump. And I believe we've got a short um, audio of his response. Yeah. Do you think your nominees to the court are going to uphold your claim of executive privilege in this case? Well, I do hope think they the court, do. If, but I'll tell you, the biggest loser would be Biden, because if it ever changes, and I think it will, then he won't be able to use it with respect to Hunter and all of the things that are going on that are so terrible. So I would think that he'd want to see this upheld, frankly. I think it's very important for him. But and, you know, oh, honestly, I have nothing mm -hmm. to hide. I wasn't involved in that. And if you look at my words and what I said in the speech, uh, they were extremely calming, actually. But uh, I would think that the Democrats would like to see it, and I think secretly they would like to see it upheld. Um, Mr. Liz Cheney is saying you're just trying to hide and obfuscate in delay uh, because the documents released under this claim of executive privilege will be bad for you and for a potential presidential run. That's her point today in a tweet. Well, Liz Cheney is right now down by about 25 points in her district. She's losing to somebody that's uh, going to be a great congresswoman. 
and she's losing big in Wyoming, which was a great state for me. But she is losing so big because the people can't stand her. She wants to go to war with everybody, and everybody ends up – let, let everybody die as far as she's concerned. It's, she's a warmonger. She is a person who is absolutely, in my opinion, made a fool out of herself, and she's trying to lead – she's not a Republican, I can tell you. She's trying to lead this committee. Uh, Pelosi picked her and Kinzinger, two real beauties, and it's not working out too well. Are, the Republicans are, are being treated very, Court very will... unfairly – yeah, Laura, let me just say, we couldn't even put a person on the unselect committee. We have Liz, Liz Cheney and Kinzinger, two people that should not be on the committee. We don't have Republicans on the, un, I call it the unselect committee of uh, Democrat partisans. It's ridiculous what's going on with that. It's just no, it's like a, Russia, 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 which turned out to be a hoax. It's just like impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, uh, the Mueller report. It's all a big hoax. It's all a big hoax. Oh, God. I feel like we're doing a disservice, man. We, we've got to just delete this guy from our brain and let them prosecute him if they do, and otherwise just ignore him. That's the thing that will drive him mad the most, irrelevance. You know, you're no longer Dave, relevant. Dave, I, I share that with you. But I love the bit he talked about. Um, let us, you know, it was a calming speech that he made. <laughs> I love that reference to his calming speech. And it would really be nice for us to hear a little bit about his calming speech. From me? Yeah. <laughs> Did Trump incite the January 6th riot and was his speech calming? The, we're going to walk it down. Was. We're going to walk down there together and tell them because they're yeah. <laughs> Remember, they had to drag him, kick him, and scream him to make a, you know, a thing on Twitter to say please leave, and he Absolutely. had to call them beautiful, wonderful people, and so on and so on. Oh, just there's this deranged. It's just deranged. Let him sit in a cell shouting at himself. I just yeah. Do we have an audio clip of him citing? Uh, maybe. <laughs> no one heard the first 38 seconds of Donald Trump's Save America speech. How different things might have been had the microphone never been faded up. But it was, and those words were spoken. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down to the Capitol... The argument of those seeking to impeach the former president is that those words were heeded by his followers. Fight for Trump! Fight for Trump! Who took them as a call to arms, a rally cry to right perceived wrongs. We fight like hell, and if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. A hundred senators must now judge if this was what the president had intended. The rampage of his loyal, if ragtag, lieutenants through the heart of American democracy. A physical assault on all the capital is and all it stands for. Those who brought this case certainly believe so. And they pursue their case from the benches they sheltered beneath in fear for their lives when the capital was stormed. What happened here will live in infamy. Whatever the formal judgment of the Senate, Donald Trump's presidency will be defined by the violence unleashed by his foot soldiers on this building and on American democracy. No, it was all incredibly calm. Everyone was peaceful. <laughs> there was no one injured. Heaven I help us, it. Desmond. <laughs> All right. Just to finish with the stupidity, we already heard from some of the Republican Party, but let's hear from some of the others in the Republican Party with the Lincoln Project's compilation of this utter madness. <laughs> 
if Roe v. Wade is overturned, you will enforce the almost total abortion ban in Mississippi that exists in the inevitability or in the situation where Roe v. Wade is overturned, yes? Yeah, I am hopeful, and, and, and I think there's some reason to be optimistic that the result of today's argument will be the court finally admitting that was a mistake, overruling Roe. This is the time to overrule Roe. So in my case, when you believe in the sanctity of life, you want abortions to be uh, eliminated from the landscape. The day will soon come when the radical left begins touting abortion as a tool for managing population growth. Cat turd. I'm proud to say there is no daylight between me and President Trump. We are not the fringe. We are the base of the party, which is about 70% of Republican voters. More. So many of President Biden's nominees are, are just barking mad. I, I mean, if you ask them to consider another point of view, their neck veins bulge and, um, and they call you a Nazi. Those of you who are really big supporters of the vaccination program. You are a new Nazi. Fauci is America's Joseph Mengele. Joe Biden is a communist, and that's that's who the Democrats are. They're communists. Look at that. Look at that. Still, the communism is burning. The box of masks. JFK is alive. JFK's alive. He's alive. He's so's, ju so's Junior. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. There's more needed handles. <laughs> JFK's alive. <laughs> the, the... <laughs> Dave, I'll use I'll use this moment of what clearly is for you, and I would admit I I, I must admit probably the almost 80% um, of the entire globe, a moment of disbelief by people. And I want to just throw in a quote here, which has just come to me. And this quote is often mistakenly attributed to Shakespeare, but it really rather neatly sums up what your you know, audio clip is all about. It says, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. <laughs> but that's, that, that's been Trump's, you know, entire existence. He's always managed to escape and slide out. So, you slide, know, maybe he's been a deceiver all his life. Yeah. Tell people a whole load of lies. I mean... You're getting but the Democrats from... should do the same, and then some because who else is going to point out their lies? The Democrats should just do the same, just say Marjorie Taylor Greene is really the devil. You've seen her in the mirror, she doesn't have a reflection. Like, just start saying it, do it on CNN, do it. What would happen? I would be intrigued, I would really, really be intrigued. Biden should just declare, like, okay, everybody can have today off, just see what happens. <laughs> I think they're all terrified of history. <laughs> their, their, you know, their legacy, their historical legacy. What will will history be unkind to them if they do that? Because it's, as you say, there's, there's no, there doesn't, there doesn't appear to be a fight back in the way traditional way would expect from the the, the, the Democrats. Because they're fighting back with reasoned argument, and you, it doesn't work because they just lie again. So your lie has to be more better. Start saying that they are running their own little criminal network, that Marjorie Taylor Greene is secretly um, running some narco. Just say it. This, what can happen? Say it in the chamber. This is going to protect its speech. She, you, she can't do you for slander. Just stand up and say, the honourable member for whatever is her state. <laughs> She's masses, tons of cocaine. I've seen it, Madam Speaker. <laughs> Because <laughs> someone's going to have to, but eventually someone is, why are you lying? How do you know I'm lying? Have you done the research? Then all of a sudden, Marjorie's getting knocks at the door. Marjorie, we hear you are a drugs kingpin, like queenpin rather. Like, yeah, it, <laughs> I'm just, I just think give it a go, Des. Do it for a week. April Fool's is coming up, man. Give it a go. What is to lose? What's to lose? You'll end up with a fabulous week of headlines. 
I think you I think you've said something to me in relation to something complete, a completely different subject topic, which is that ultimately the truth will out, and when it does, there are consequences to be faced. Does, but the, even the statistics say most of the Republican Party, okay, thirty-eight percent or something, but that's still thirty-eight percent would still vote for Trump even if he was in prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. he can do no wrong and uh funnily enough the guy that oh what's his name again is michael something michael cohen his ex-lawyer who was working for trump for many years he said like politically he's gone a long way he said but like you should vote for politicians because you and he's quoting someone i can't remember who he's quoting but he's saying if you agree with eight out of 12 of the things i say fantastic vote for me if you agree with 12 out of the 12 things that i say see a psychologist (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's the point isn't it me actually we haven't done it much on this podcast disagree with each other we'll find something no, we will. I'm sure. We'll find, but, yeah. but you saying that, David, that's Trump said something in his speech which unsettled me a little bit. And I think he doesn't, well, maybe he well understands this, but it's something that I think needs to be said. What Trump hasn't taken on, on board, and I, don't, I, I think he truly hasn't taken on board. He is representative of only one of two party, which is 50% of the governance in America, which is the Republican Party. That's what he represents. He doesn't actually represent Donald Trump. And he's taken over the party right because the party is rather moves in a cultish way. I mean, both parties do. do. Um, and that's all that's happened. But once he's removed from power, that's the end of him. It's he, he has no power. And at the moment, there's been a sharp decline because I believe this Saturday just gone, he held a, um, a big rally. I believe it was in Florida. And, the, and the, he, he held a, um, a rally which went disastrously wrong. The attendance was poor. And what clearly can be seen is there is a descending ladder of support for 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 Trump. It's it clearly on the slide, and the question is at at, at some point it will deep dip so radically and so fast that there is will will clearly indicate there is no coming back, and there's going to be a time when that's reached. It doesn't matter who you are, you can't always ascend the ladder as a leader. There is a time when people turn, turn, turn. This is the time for him to turn. <laughs> well, I don't if, know we cross, if we cross the Atlantic, we have our own little Trump. Trump Britain, as uh, he was once christened. There's, he's falling apart at the seams, but mainly because he's not got a clue and is blundering from one thing to the next. Was there a party? There wasn't a party. There was a party. He got destroyed at Prime Minister's questions. And uh, to kick us off, we have a bit of PMQs. But I think one of the things to praise it with is, as always at PMQs, there seems to always be an easy question from their own side. But I love his response. And listen carefully to what he answers the question. I shall have further such meetings later today. Mr Speaker, bins left uncollected, council tenants being forced to live in damp and cold homes, £22 million lost on Providence Place land deal and a £10 million overspend on SEND transport contracts which were almost awarded to Labour councillors' friends. Today the council's external auditors released a damning report that surprises none of us. Does the Prime Minister agree with me that 47 years of Labour control in Sandwell has done nothing, to lev- has done nothing but level down my constituency of West Bromwich East and that my constituents in West Bromwich, Fire Park and Great Park deserve better? I wholeheartedly agree with my honourable friend because the instinct of Labour councillors up and down this country is yet again to level down rather than to level up. 
and I, I, and I encourage her constituents to install a Labour councillor, a Labour council there as soon as possible, Ms. A, a Conservative council there as soon as possible, Mr. Speaker. <laughs> he said it twice. He said it twice. <laughs> but I just think that's that for me is like the true hypocrisy. Like right now, you are currently being investigated. All these PPE contracts given special treatment. Your wallpaper in Downing Street. You know all the scandal he's mired in. And yeah, they should install a Labour government immediately. And I don't know. I feel like Keir Starmer could make a little bit more out of this. But before I, you know, tell him he could do better, let's hear what he did. We now come to the leader of the opposition, Keir Starmer. Thank you, Mr Speaker. I, I heard what the Prime Minister said at the beginning of this session, but frankly it raises more questions than answers. Last week I asked the Prime Minister, was there a Christmas party in Downing Street for dozens of people on December the 18th? The Prime Minister, the government, spent the week telling the British public there was no party. All guidance was followed completely. Millions of people now think the Prime Minister was taking them for fools and that they were lied to. They're right, aren't they? It's 13 hours. Mr Speaker, I think the right honourable gentleman probably missed what I said uh, at the beginning, but I apologise. I apologise for... Uh, for the impression that uh, has been given uh, that staff in Downing Street take this less than seriously. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sickened myself and furious about that. Uh, but I, I repeat what I have said to him, uh, that, the, that, the, uh, that I have been repeatedly assured that the rules, that the order, rules order, were not order, broken. Order, order. And right, well, let's just do a little less. It's important asked the Cabinet Secretary to investigate exactly what happened, and I, I repeat that there will be consequences uh, for those involved if those rules were broken, Mr Speaker. And then it's revealed yesterday, Des, before we record this podcast, that he was hosting, there's a picture of him hosting a Christmas quiz. Well, uh, which party was that? Because there's being several being investigated right now. Together with the Conservative Party being fined, by the Electoral Commission for not registering money correctly and money being used for the, the wallpaper in the flat that his ethics advisor has now going to reopen the investigation into because he's not happy that the Prime Minister supposedly lied to him. Now he did, let's be clear. Boris opened his mouth, is usually lying. Like this is, <laughs> is the same. We have the same days. And I think the cabinet are a little bit... <laughs> um, Intrigued at what to do. Apparently, they don't say very much in meetings and they end up texting each other saying, oh, God, how bad all this is. Well, <laughs> you are the party that likes to get rid of its leaders when they've out, you know, outshone their welcome. I think Boris's time is nearing this. It's nearing. Thoughts? I think that the one thing for me that um, is of concern is Keir Starmer's silence on the call for Boris's resignation. He ha doesn't appear to join in the, um, you know, the, 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 the you know, um, the, the demand for his resignation. Um, and the thing that, and I think he's right not to do so, because I think the one thing that the, the, the Labour Party needs to think about is that overturning Boris's majority, it's going to be a quite, I think, 80 MPs. It's a very big, that would be an, a phenomenal achievement in one parliament, in one, um, one election. Um, so that's one problem I think that the Labour Party has. The other bit is that um, Boris is clearly weakened and the Conservative Party has a reputation for being utterly ruthless when deciding over a leader. If they decide the leader is not capable of holding their ground, they will immediately get rid of them. The question is, who will they replace them with? And at the moment, if the cry is that anyone, anyone but Boris, and they get put somebody competent in place, and that creates problems with the Labour Party. So I would say, if they want to win this, allow 
Boris to stumble into the next election because if his uh, credibility is so low that people you know cast doubts about whether people should retain him as prime minister then i think it increases labor's chance of winning the next election but they they need to be careful like you know it's about when you go for him do you, you know if you've got a a, a, a punch drunk boxer in a ring and you think that you know you could put him down but it's a little bit early in proceedings then you wait until he's sufficiently weakened for you to knock him out and i think that's the um that's the problem that's the that's the challenge for the labor party at the moment is timing timing yeah, timing. but it, boris is upset in his own side so it may be and and, and lots of his own side so it, you know it may happen sooner than the Labour Party might wish. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure because I, you know, this man has been around for a while. He knows the runnings. I mean, he's mayor for how long? Two, two, two terms. So I just think the scandals are going to mount more and more because it, it, ultimately he's not got a very good operation around him, and he doesn't listen to any of his advisors, the ones that he does have. You know, and I tell like you the Peppa, Peppa Pig speech, like he would have uh, just just simple little things that all these little people around you do to make your life smooth and easy as the leader. Like, you know, you don't have to want for much. If he says I need a tissue, there the 17 will arrive at, in, you know, within a moment. Mm -hmm. So it, he's just not using it. He's just he's running not, it all but, from the hip. But the British people know he's never been very good on detail. This is what always concerns me with Boris. They've known that. And yet still, they, you know, he's always going to be seen as the, as the man who took Britain through um, whatever it was, the, you know, Brexit. Brexit, the oven-ready yeah. deal that wasn't oven-ready and turned out to be that they're now yeah. trying to escape the deal that they made. And, but he will, I think he'll be forever seen as the man who navigated Britain through that. And that navigation, well, maybe it's over. Maybe it needs uh, some more safe and... Um, assured hands but the question is now is who who would replace him in the the tory party there's no obvious choice is there there's no, there's no obvious person left. i've not i've not noticed any fun ones there's the guy on the defense committee i've forgotten his name they keep dragging him on various programs when they can't get any government ministers Mm -hmm. which is what most of the TV chat... I mean, the thing is, it's cut through to Anton Deck does. Anton Deck made that joke this week. They were <laughs> wagging their finger at the Prime Minister. Like, that's that's what I mean in terms of entertainment. Like, if Labour were cruel, they could each of them get up and call him a liar and get thrown out of the house one by one. Like, it would take up the whole day. Do you know what I mean? There's 200-odd of them. Like, OK, just make a long speech, and at the end, and the Prime Minister is a liar. Oh, you have to withdraw the remark. No, he's a liar. Next. Like, and the, the news story, all of the, the Labour Party thrown out today because they called him a liar. It just fosters more of that same conversation. <laughs> Don't they have a by-election coming up soon? Yes, in somewhere I can't remember yeah. right now. And it's a safe Tory seat. The, the results would be interesting. That would be interesting to see. It's, it's, a, it's definitely, well, the, the view is that it's going to go Tory, back, you know, to the Tories. But Nonetheless, it'd be interesting. That would be a marker for... But he's got 100 MPs this week in his own party that is going to vote against his Plan B measures because they're all like libertarians and think like, oh, no, you shouldn't be forced to wear a mask. That's against your whatever. And you're just like, oh, you idiots. And so Labour, because Labour are like, no, no, we're agreeing with the scientists. <laughs> so they're going to vote through the measures. So Boris will only pass his COVID measures because of Labour. Mm. That's the state of our politics right now. And you know what's deeply ironic about that? If the, those very same hundred um, Tories at any point felt that the government, their government, could be toppled um, if their protest vote was, you know, was to, to create that fall, they would vote. In, they would support with, you know, with uh, what I suppose with, with sealed lips, they would support um, Boris Johnson. The, the Tories are very, can be quite ruthless. <laughs> I, hope, 
Hopefully well, it only it. takes 54 letters to trigger the leadership battle. So, you know, and yeah. Yeah, some letters have already gone in, but we won't know the magic number till we know the magic number. That's true. 54 is the magic number. 54. Oh, gosh. Didn't we have five? Yes. That's our number. First number this week, wasn't it? 5446. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Time will tell. Time will tell. What other Absolutely. scandals to come out in the coming days? And the whole point is the civil service as a whole is generally pissed. So at the minute, they're not keeping many secrets. They're just outing various things like, did you not see the Department for Education? They had a Christmas party last year. And when they got asked about it, they just admitted it. They just went, yeah, 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 we did have one. Sorry, we shouldn't have had one. Next, we've moved on now. We've moved on. And it just shows you sometimes admitting it, holding up your hands is maybe the best thing to do. There was a party. There wasn't a party. What is a party? It was a gathering. Oh, dear. And as people, I think as, I, uh, people keep pointing out, people were invited in. It wasn't just people that worked there. I get. I suppose I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit sceptical of MPs anyway than some of their behaviour that I tend to think that uh, at the moment I'm looking at it and thinking <sighs> they both got dirt on each other. <laughs> and I'm just wondering when we have a war of dirt between the two parties, the two major parties, because, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly the way, been the way of politics for many, many years. Um, and uh, I'm sure it'll be the way of politics in the future. So I'm just wondering at the moment, who's releasing all this information? I don't know, but I think one trick here Starmer should try. Do you remember Blair used to say about John Prescott, his deputy prime minister? Oh, well, mm -hmm. let John be John. You know, John's just John. I think yeah. you should do the same with Angela. She's like a Rottweiler. Let her go. And when the media comes screaming back, going, oh, my God, Angela Rayner said, no, that's just Angela. Let Angela be Angela, man. She's telling it straight. That's He would look support. Do you agree with her comments? Those are Angela's comments. They are strong. <laughs> She's being Angela. Like It would just work rather than this weird, I don't know, I feel like he's not really talking to his fellow deputy. He feels like he's been stuck with a supply teacher or something. I have a feeling that that relationship is destined for <laughs> some awful Time. But he can't remove her. She's voted in as the deputy. She has so. been voted in. It might be. Didn't um, Corbyn have a similar problem with his um, Tom deputy? Tom Watson. Yeah, he also was voted in and he had a problem getting rid of him because they didn't often see eye to eye. So, yeah. Well, he's gone now. I think he's running a gym or something, Tom Watson. Is. <laughs> I'm serious. Where? Yeah, man. In Beckenham. <laughs> I don't know, actually. I'm not sure where. Oh, but there's, I think that's time this week. The bell has rung. Absolutely. The knockout oh, what, blow has been delivered. Isn't it? Well, what's, what's playing us out this week, Des? Dave, there's been so much dirt this week. <laughs> and so I think we found something suitably dirty. The Dirty Lowdown by Boz Skaggs. Catch you next week, Des. And you, Dave.
gonna come back around.